at the beginning it was a lot of like small acts right we didn't have a marketing budget so couldn't we spend on online marketing so what we will do is blogging uh reaching out to people you know online facebook groups linkedin groups uh i, I get the impression that you know uh, posting on facebook groups back three years ago it was like way more like efficient than it is now. Uh, I feel like now if you post on uh, on these groups or, or even if you do a public post on LinkedIn, you don't get that much recognition because there's just so many things going on. Uh, uh, but yeah, we are lucky to to be able, you know, to get like the first uh, followers, you know, through those channels, and then. Um, as soon as we were able to launch the first pop-up space in Monument at the end of 2016 or 2017, sorry, 2017, uh, then it was just about local marketing, flyers. Um, so we were like doing flyers November, December, 8 a.m. in the morning on London Bridge. Hello and welcome to the Digital Spaceship Podcast a marketing journal hosted by Blue Drop Studio co-founder Anna Rowinska and myself, Omar Juman. This podcast has one vision, and that is to educate, inform, and inspire others who are trying to build their tech brand. Tune in and listen to us chat ideation, marketing, scaling, and everything in between with up-and-coming entrepreneurs, stakeholders, and investors in tech startups across the world. We'll be diving into the details and also hearing about the journey So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. In this episode, we're speaking with Johan, founder at Pop & Rest. Pop & Rest is a tech-enabled, well-being travel startup based in the vibrant Silicon Roundabout in London. They connect people in large cities with peaceful and private sleep and meditation pods. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Digital Spaceship Podcast. Um, Today, we're joined by Johan from Pop and Rest. Um, Johan, tell us a little bit about your background and your involvement with Pop and Rest and what you guys do over there. Well, thank you for having me uh, in the podcast. So so Pop and Rest, it's uh, a startup that connects people with uh, sleep and meditation space. They can book on the go to unwind rest and work peacefully. Uh, I came up with the idea three years ago with my co-founder Mauricio Villamizar. Uh, and the simple idea was to create an app to help people find space to nap, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, so uh, the fact that I come from uh, south of France, I guess, and my co-founder is from Colombia, we, um, you know, over there we have a culture of siesta and like taking things easy, etc. And we just thought, you know, to bring that to the city mm-hmm. uh, here in London. Uh, so I've been living in London for a couple of years. Uh, my background lies in digital and uh, IT consulting. Okay. Cool. Um, so you mentioned that um, this sort of came from your hometown and, and the idea of uh, being very relaxed over there. So when you when you came up with that idea, um, you know, how many co-founders did you have? Was it just one other guy, Maurizio, or was it a, a bunch of co-founders? And how does that dynamic work between you guys? Well, uh, we just started Mauricio and myself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually we uh, onboarded two partners. So they're not the, the co-founders, but they are like two other co-founders. So we have one product designer and one interior designer. Mm-hmm. So they have equity in the business. 
Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And coming up with that idea. So that's, that's really fun. When did you, when did you guys decide to actually take the leap or, or change that from an idea and, you know, actually create a real business? Well, uh, so when we discussed the idea first, it was in a, in a pub, you know, like that <laughs> type of story where we On just put napkins. And, yeah, yeah exactly. awesome. Awesome. So we were just writing down, you know, ideas. Then I remember the, the first couple of weeks I was inviting uh, Mauricio over because I had a, a big garden in Acne uh, where I was living. So we would have a barbecue and then brainstorming on the whiteboard. Uh, it took us uh, some time, to be honest, uh, from the idea to become a concept, right? Mm -hmm. We we went through a dozen of brainstorming sessions, uh, spending time, you know, in research. One of the first things we did as well, um, we went down to Canary Wharf, Liverpool Street Station, and other places in the city to interview people on the streets in order okay. to understand there were actually a need for our service. Wow, that's really cool. Um, you guys actually went out there and started surveying people in the streets. I think that's an incredibly important thing. So, I mean, what type of questions were you asking? That's super interesting that you guys actually just went out there and started doing market research straight up in Canary Wharf. So, you know, what, what were you asking those guys over there? Um, yeah, we were asking um, different questions. So they were like marketing question, product question, uh, like just trying to understand if uh, like people will like go to a place, you know, during lunchtime to, to have an app what type of space they will envision you know mm -hmm. um, how will they like access the space uh, uh, what how much money they will spend you know on an app session uh, yeah this, this this different question that you you can ask you know when you do a a product survey and as well as uh, we are you know trying to understand you know the the, the markets what was out there and and similar concepts at the time that was, you know, everything around sharing economy, mm -hmm. uh, Airbnb, or you can effectively connect people with space. And there were uh, startups uh, like Rumi and Space Hub that, that launched, you know, and they wanted to connect uh, people looking for a space to work with homeowners. Mm -hmm. So you could actually, you know, uh, work with other freelancers or, or even employees. Uh, from home and actually it would be a concept to launch right now mm -hmm. post COVID-19 because both companies struggle after that uh, but anyway it was it was a time in end of 2016 beginning of 2017 where sharing economy was booming mm -hmm. we were trying to surf on that that concept so we, we were keen to understand if our users will go to someone else's living room or bedroom to sleep and rest and it turned out that yes and no uh, from that, we created our first platform, did more research, and then we had to slightly pivot and do what we are doing today. Um, but yeah, it's it was really crucial for us at the beginning to go out there. It wasn't easy to ask people, you know, a feedback I can imagine, yeah. And for some reason, at, at the time, we didn't have like a Google survey on our phone. So <laughs> what we would do is we would print out all the the questionnaire, so like three page questionnaire and go on the street, like, like writing down the answers. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys still have them? 
Um, maybe, maybe in an old box. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears gone into to that research. So, um, did you just out of curiosity then? Did you offer any incentive when you were asking people? Um, you know, can you help me fill out the survey? Can we ask you a couple of questions? Was there any sort of reciprocation in, you know, gift or anything like that? Not at that time. Yeah. Uh, but like nowadays, definitely, uh, mm -hmm. it's always better if you can have like a reward. Uh, for instance, I during COVID nineteen, I run a uh, sort of prop tech survey to understand mm -hmm. better, you know, the the, the prop tech market, office markets. Uh, uh, as well as uh, what's the best way you know for us to operate uh, mm -hmm. in terms of when we go to location. I think we will discuss more about that later. Um, and for all the respondents, I, I told them, look, because they are like market question first, I will share the insight with you at the end of the survey. Plus, I'll give you a discount to your services. So they get two rewards, uh, which, you know, then, you know, it's it's better for them you know to spend that five seven minutes you know uh, filling out the survey absolutely so all right so you guys went out there um you did a ton of market research ton of brainstorming and then you decided okay this is actually something we think we can um we can you know invest some more time into um, and turn this into a real project so then let's move on to funding so how did you guys first um, start funding? Was it family and friends investment or did you just straight away uh, try and find some angel investors that were you know, on board with the, the idea? How did that work? Well, uh, friends and family for us first. Uh, we're very lucky. Uh, me, like coming from France and Mauricio from Colombia, you know, we have our network there. Mm -hmm. uh, so we just ask, you know, around uh, and we put together around 14k i think uh, uh yeah 14 15 uh and then uh, here after that we raised uh uh through an accelerator um, mm -hmm. so we, we got like yeah love money and then pre-seed money yeah awesome and uh i think once you guys went through that accelerator then um is that how long ago was that in relation to today so it was a year ago so we okay. finished the accelerator uh, in may last year all right cool um so since may have you guys had any further funding no so we were meant to uh fundraise on cedars yes uh, I, I guess the audience we, we know about cedars it's a crowdfunding platform mm -hmm. the idea was to raise a, another pre-seed uh uh, for the reason that we didn't believe we had enough traction uh, and, and the business not big enough, you know, to raise a decent seed uh, um, to really, you know, like settle in, uh, here in the UK. Um, so we would, and we really wanted to tap into the community, uh, right? Because the good thing about crowdfunding is that you can um, engage with your audience. You can even like, like get new segments of customers potentially, create some momentum and everything. Uh, but well, COVID nineteen, <laughs> yeah, um, we had we we had to stop everything. So that's that's a good story. We spent two three months working super hard to prepare that that crowdfunding campaign, and boom, we had mm. to stop it. Mm. Uh, and that's you know where entrepreneurs have to be like really strong and 
person uh, how do you say resilient yes so like next day you need to wake up and say look i spent the last three months working on this this is this is not going to happen i leave it behind and i need to move on mm. uh, so now Incredible. Uh, yeah uh, i know uh, i mean we are not the the only ones obviously it's been the case for like many startups that mm -hmm. needed to fundraise uh and they couldn't then it put pressure on your runway uh luckily for us we had like two extra months of runway when coronavirus hit us in march and after that we were able to get a government backlog as well so awesome yeah on that on that aspect it was fine we managed well but it was still frustrating because uh, again you spend so much time and you want to you know get out there raise money talk to your community and it's just not happening. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, it's a complete devastation all across the board, you know, with the whole COVID pandemic. But um, that's that's brilliant to see that you guys have, have you know, tried to pivot and, and keep pushing forward, you know, and don't let it completely destroy the, the dream, essentially. Um, so that's really important, I think, is to, to have that fortitude and exactly, as you said, be just resilient um, with the situation, wake up the next day, think, what is it that I can do um, to, to make improvements on the situation and then execute, you know, that's, that's a really good way of uh, thinking about it. So jumping into um, marketing then. So you guys, you know, you've, let's, let's take it back a few months then before you know the fundraising um, situation happened, how were you guys growing uh, month on month, and, and what activities were you implementing to actually achieve that growth? Uh, that's an excellent question. And at the beginning, it was a lot of like small acts, right? We didn't have a marketing budget, so couldn't we spend on online marketing? Mm -hmm. So what we would do is blogging. Uh, reaching out to people, you know, online, Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. Uh, I, I get the impression that, you know, uh, posting on Facebook groups back three years ago was like way more like efficient than it is now. Uh, I feel like now if you post on, uh, on these groups or, or even if you do a public post on LinkedIn, you don't get that much recognition yeah. because there's just so many things going on. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, we're lucky. To, to be able, you know, to get like the first uh, followers, you know, through those channels. And then um, as soon as we were able to launch the first pop-up space in Monument at the end of 2016 or 2017, sorry, 2017, mm -hmm. uh, then it was just about local marketing, yeah. flyers. Um, so we were like doing flyers November, December, 8 a.m. in the morning. On London Bridge, <laughs> oh, I can tell you. <laughs> nice and warm in the sunshine, no rain, you know, just on a beach. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it, was a it was a nightmare. My co-founder, uh, he was getting sick uh, like almost every day. Uh, oh, no. um, but it was tough, but we had to do it. We couldn't pay anyone to give those flyers. Mm -hmm. So it was from 8 to 10 before like opening Popperas giving flyers. Me, uh, like going in uh, midday to give flyers you know around in buildings to try to catch you know uh, all the, the, the people like working there um, and then one of the acts that works well for us is uh, us going uh, in pubs you know uh, in the city after like 6 7 p.m 
talking to all the city boys and saying, look, tomorrow you might be on cover. You must struggle a lot, you know, at work. Take all cards. You can uh, pop in at Pop and Rest, have a nap, uh, chill, and you will feel better. And we started, you know, to generate some traction from like uh, the, the the guys in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that worked well for us is the press. Uh, we managed to get on Time Out London uh, during the time we had that first pop-up. It was only a three-month pop-up, right? So we, we had three months to start some marketing, get some traction, prove the concept. At the, uh, at the last month, it was December 2017, we finally got on Time Out London and boom. Wow. Uh, we, we, we f- from like two, two, three customers a day, we went to like 10, 12. Yeah, uh, and it was really that that specific article was uh, was the trigger for us. Amazing. Uh, and the way we got in the press, uh, I'm quite proud of it. Uh, it was my idea. So we wrote mail, like old-fashioned mail, and we put a slip mask, you know, inside. It was just a little gift, mm. and we sent those mail to like 20 journalists. Awesome. I guess a third of them, uh, you know, uh, wrote about us after that. Amazing. That's such a good, I mean, there's just such a wealth of information there. I think that all the way from being on Waterloo Bridge at 8am, you know, all the way through the winter months in in London, um, that's like testament to hard work and just, you know, making sure that it gets done. You can't hire someone to do it. So you have to do it yourself. That's incredibly, you know, important, but then all the way down to like really cool marketing tactics. So, you know, putting a sleep mask in an envelope and sending that off to a journalist, you know, that's gonna, that's definitely going to cut through the noise uh, with a few of them, I think, especially above and beyond the, the, I guess the waves and waves of digital communications they probably get on LinkedIn, on Twitter, et cetera, you know? So that's really, really cool. Um, I really like that actually. So um, branding then. Um, so let's talk a little bit about branding. So, you know, when did you guys first start thinking about the brand um, for Pop and Rest and, and how important has the the visual representation, so things like the the logo mark, the logo type, you know, how have they um, had an impact on on your journey so far? Well, I'll say day one. Uh, mm-hmm. When we started the first brainstorming, we the, the brand was always in the conversation. Uh, the reason why is that I before Poparas I was doing marketing uh, mm-hmm. and I was like super interested, you know, in everything digital, like like just. SEO, brand awareness, all this stuff, design. Uh, and Mauricio also come from a, a business background. So for us, it was, it was like obvious mm-hmm. that we needed to build a, a very appealing and strong brand and that you have to do it again at the beginning. You cannot just postpone that for, for later on. Uh, the, the message for us was clear. Uh, there is a big well-being trend. Still, there is still the, the trend is still, still there. Uh, yeah was the beginning of the trend uh, back then. So we wanted to place Poparas as one of these, you know, uh, well-being pioneer in London. Uh, and also uh, sleep, it's it's another uh, thing that's uh, very important to us. So mm-hmm. yeah, we want to be seen as a sleep and well-being brand. Uh, so we've created, you know, everything around that. Uh, and then our, our mission is sort of trying to improve people's uh, well-being mindfulness 
especially when they are away from them, because mm-hmm. uh, that's when they will use the PopRS. You use the PopRS when you're on the go as a, a traveler, like we have a lot of business travelers, also leisure, uh, or, or someone you know that is commuting, commuting to London. Uh, so it's really trying to say, okay, you, it's like being on away from home for a very short period of time mm-hmm. and, and you can get a good quality sleep and it will then in turn improve your well-being. So everything is centered around that, that idea. Uh, now we're looking at the prop tech angle a bit more. Uh, not really, I mean, a bit, a bit on the marketing side and the, and browns. Uh, but m- more on the, the commercial strategy. Uh, so trying to surf on that new trend now that is, you know, uh, bu- uh, well-being in buildings. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. effectively, we put our sleep pods in buildings and we okay. can create a, a new value for, for that. Awesome. So when you, just sorry to cut you off, Anna, just That's one okay. question, which is, you know, sleep pods, are they, are they actual... You know, have you guys engineered like a specific pod or are these just beds that you, you put into buildings or are these like properly engineered soundproofed pods? Well, uh, as, as a early stage startup, you know, at the beginning, you, you have to go out there, you know, with a MVP, right? Yeah. So our first MVP, uh, if I, if I do the journey again, it was a, a platform like Airbnb for the day. We were trying mm-hmm. to connect, you know, living room, bedroom. Didn't work well. So we, we scrapped that. And then our second MVP was actually us putting panels in, a, in an empty space. So we took a meeting room in, in Monuments, in mm-hmm. office building. We just split that meeting room with uh, soundproof panels. Uh, and we put beds inside. That's cool. it. Simple yeah. as that. Uh, I think every anybody can do this. Yeah. <laughs> this, this setup, it didn't look great, <laughs> uh, but it worked. It yeah. was, it was, you know, the the best way to start. Uh, and um, fast forward to now, we've designed and engineered, you know, on sleep and meditation wow. pods. They are modular, soundproof, safe. We are integrating electronics in it. Uh, we have more work to do on it, to be honest with you, but. We have a, a strong manufacturer prototype, yeah. uh, and we're starting to have clients uh, on, on queries. Uh, so many companies or organizations, uh, such, such as uh, Homeless Shelter, they're mm-hmm. interesting, you know, to use the pods, you know, for their staff and yeah. members. As well as we are looking at the way we can continue with our apps, the twenty-four-seven apps, uh, and and the pod is. Uh, the key element you know that we put uh, or set up in those hubs cool cool so um one more question around the the branding um because as you know and it's incredible to see that you guys were definitely very aware of the importance of branding in the startup um scene and growth um so initially you understood that it's important to have a brand now when you start a company, there's so many things that you have to take care of, including funding to start with. So from the execution perspective, how did that look like? Did you guys um, had a friend who did graphic design? Did you go online and find something, someone to, to help you with that logo creation and you know choosing the colors and stuff like that? Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, uh, at the beginning, we had interns quite a lot. <laughs> <Nice>. um, <laughs> 
looking back, I'm not sure it was the, the right thing to do. But as I remember, we were limited with money and time. Uh, so it was, you know, like the only way for us, you know, to, you know, get some, some things done, you know, with like community work, uh, design. Uh, we also try uh, several times to have a designer as a co-founder. Uh, at the end, it didn't work, but they they work with us. They, they help us, you know, shape the, the brand. So if, if they happen to listen to this podcast, I, I thank them. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we didn't do it ourselves to, to answer the, the question uh, directly. Uh, we found designers, you know, to take care of it. Uh, I think for what we are doing, uh, design is, is super important. That's why now we have two designers as partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are working more on the pots and the space themselves, but they also uh, help us with uh, web design. Um, it's it's uh, it's super important, and um, we do user research uh, constantly. We never stop uh, analyzing that. Um, and and in terms of uh, like branding, uh, so you have to get your colors right, you know, logo, uh, color palette, etc. But also the messaging, and we are constantly, you know, we re, uh, refreshing the message. And actually, we have a brainstorming session uh, uh, happening soon where we will once again sit down, look at our description, mission, statement, vision, uh, the the blog we put in social media, and having everything consistent with mm. what we do. Because now things have changed due to coronavirus. So I guess as many startups, we need to adapt the brands because of yeah, the, the, new, the, the new way, you know, of... of you know, uh, using like services because we're physical space. So people expect, you know, some uh, assurance, you know, before uh, they will book us. So we need to, you know, change the message a little bit. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I mean, especially that, that messaging perspective, from the messaging perspective, um, it's definitely, I think, in the initial stage, it's a very fluid process and you have to listen to the customers and you have to sort of have a flexible sort of system that you can work with. So, for example, in terms of the creative content, because um, you guys are quite active on social media right now, um, is that the sort of the design partners who take care of uh, that part of uh, communications at the moment as well? No, it's me. Uh, oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks. I, I like to write. I've always liked, you know, uh, copywriting. Uh, and I'm taking care of, of our social media for the time being. We also use uh, community manager freelancers uh, before uh, COVID because um, it's important, you know, to, to proofread what we do and uh, like bring like other like creative ideas because I, I, my time is quite limited, right? I have, I have so many things to do. But as a, a founder, I wear uh, many caps uh, like Maurice, my, my co-founder as well. So you have to get things done sometimes uh, on your own. Uh, and that's the case uh, for like all oh, oh, content. And, and now I have three more blog posts to write uh, next week. So I... That's incredible. Well done, by the way. Because <laughs> yeah, like blog, you know, it takes sometimes, 
you know, it can take 15 minutes to smash out a blog, a blog post. But if you're trying to dive deep and create some really good content that actually cuts through the noise, that can take like a whole day, you know? So being to able to juggle like absolutely every other hat that you have, pretty impressive. Well done, that's nice. Thanks, that's really cool. But if I can give one tip on this is, I write a blog series. So I always do three like blog posts that part of the same series. Okay. So you yeah. sort of, you know, put them, you know, in your blog page, create the structure of the blog post, and then, you know, put some music and, and you just start writing. And, and then I have uh, the guy that proofread my blog post that adds some elements to it. Mm. So it's, it's actually a teamwork as opposed to me, you know, doing, you know, from, uh, from start to end. And it's turned out to be like super effective. I can almost create those three blog posts in a day. Mm. Cool. So you said you put on some music. Is uh, are you willing to share what what playlists you listen to? Or is that a strictly confidential business information? Uh, no, that's not confidential. <laughs> it depends. Uh, I listen, you know, to some like um, movie playlists. You know, like the Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and stuff. Absolutely. I don't know why, but it's it's calming and gives you uh, some good vibes uh, and stuff. Or, or sometimes it's just like jazz or music, something real, like nice and quiet. Yeah, wicked. Um, great. So I think that gives us a really good understanding of you know how you guys have progressed marketing wise. So in terms of let's look to the future then um, and and scaling over and. Uh, Pop and rest. Now, I understand that, of course, the coronavirus has come along and it's it's shaken things up for you guys a little bit, and you really need to sit down and, and have that um, brainstorming and strategy, you know, sessions and workshops um, to figure out how to, you know, pivot and move forward. But, um, you know, what what does scaling look like for you at this point, um, and and how do you guys imagine, you know, you're going to achieve that vision? Well. Uh... That's a, a super interesting question because obviously we had to rethink the entire business. Uh, uh, it, it's the same again for like every like co-working office travel companies. Yes. They really had to, you know, uh, look at what they have and pretty much, you know, say, okay, we have to change, you know, like half of it or whatever. Um, So for us, it's, you know, taking things, you know, like almost from the start, not not really because we, we still have a, a customer base. Uh, we, we made thousands of bookings, you know, before. Uh, the, the website is out there, the brand is out there. Uh, but effectively, we have to rethink the way we set up, you know, our, our space. Uh, we will focus a bit more on night bookings as opposed to day bookings that were uh, what we were like known for. Uh, uh, in the past, um, so that's a strategic, you know, like repositioning, mm-hmm. um, I guess. And and it's just, you know, reopening one location, getting another one, getting another one, uh, but step by step. Yeah. We don't have big plans. Uh, we obviously have a roadmap we yes. try to follow, uh, but now there's so many, so much uncertainty, and we don't know how much time it's gonna take for us to just. Uh, perform as we were performing in February. There was a best month, by the way, in February before coronavirus. Okay. Um, so you sort of want to, you know, to take uh, one step at a time um, and and follow like that new like strategic positioning. Uh, we've we've been 
having a lot of conversation with uh, real estate experts uh, and people from the hospitality uh, industry because now we we are a bit more protect than before in the sense that we can effectively you know uh, change you know uh, buildings uh, can put pods you know in different location uh, and you have like a, a new way of operating put in place uh, but it's very exciting uh, I'm, I'm so like looking forward uh, the next couple of weeks where we're gonna go out there find trying to find uh, another location uh, work with the designers you know on the setup uh, and raise more money because uh, I, I strongly believe we we are one of the companies that can you know uh, take advantage you know of, of the situation because what we're offering uh, is safe uh, easy to clean uh, and and with all the people that will be committing only a few days a week uh, in London because uh, uh, you know the, the new trend that people will maybe work only one week uh, per month you know in the office or like one or two days a week uh, then where do they sleep yeah where do they stop so i think we have an opportunity here to really attack the markets you know uh out and, and get you know a good segment of those uh commuters and 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 people looking for very short-term accommodation uh, stays um so yeah again uh super uh i have I haven't been that motivated uh to be honest like yeah fair enough yeah uh, it's the, the beginning of the lockdown uh, was stressful and, and super hard for us. Uh, but now, you know, with after all the, the, the time we had to prepare and, and brainstorm, as we said, uh, now we we're ready and uh, really, really That's good uh, to hear. looking forward. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Good, good to hear. I, I definitely think you guys are, are onto something there. There's going to be a massive disconnect for, for people who, you know, for example, there are you know, out in the, the country, maybe all the way up north, they come down to London um, and they need somewhere to stay over for, and it's only going to be like maybe even, you know, a six or seven hour stay. It might not even be classified as a night, right? So they then that that market is going to open up massively, especially within London. Um, and it's going to be a, a great convenience to have that available. So I think that that's, that's certainly a great idea. Um, so okay, let's uh, let's let's wrap it up a little bit here. So, what I wanted to ask, um, and this is probably the most consistent question on the show, but yeah, we we want you to to look back over the the past few years uh, and your journey. And um, is there any nuggets of information you could pass on to any of the listeners of the show who are maybe thinking about you know starting their own tech startup, um, or maybe they're they're you know already down that journey? Um, is there any nuggets of, of information or advice that you could give to them? Well, uh, I always give that first uh, piece of advice to everybody asking me. Uh, I have like between 10,000 and 20,000, you know, saved in your bank accounts. Uh, or, or like enough savings to get you started, you know, for the first like three, six months uh, that's really my first piece of advice. We struggle a lot with my co-founder. We started Poppers with no money, so yeah. I'm like we we barely have uh, had money, you know, to make a living in London. And we we were like, okay, that's an idea of a lifetime. We have to we have to do it. We have no choice. Uh, so starting with no capital at all was was very difficult. And that's the the first uh, 
thing. Uh, then it's, it's really, you know, uh, going, you know, into phases, right? Uh, there is no like one answer. It depends on, on your current, like the, your, your situation as, as, a, as a founder. If you're a first time, second time founder, uh, uh, on, your, on your savings, as I said, and also, you know, like family wise and, and work wise. But what I would say is this is start evenings weekend for the first couple of weeks, months, get you your idea uh, out there, you know, get some feedback, talk about it. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Uh, nobody's going to steal it. That's <laughs> maybe happened once in a million. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then from that, when you when you get some 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 good feedback, you've been able, you know, to shape it as a concept. So that's the that's called the conceptualization phase. Uh, maybe you know take your job part time or ask your employer if you can if you can work part time. Uh, you know don't put all your eggs in in, in one basket. Uh, I did that mistake. I went to work full time way too early, and again financially I it hurt myself so much, and I was under stress a lot. Uh, uh, and continue you know to to work your concept, create your MVP, or um, find a way you know to get your first early adopters. Uh, create your brands and, and everything we've, we've discussed before. And then when you manage to get funded uh, from an angel investors, family, friends, or if you get lucky, a VC straight away, uh, then it's time you can commit full time. Uh, and if, if investors ask you if you're full time uh, uh, before, before the fundraise and you actually work part time, don't be afraid. Just say, look, uh, I am part time because I need to like earn money to live in London, pay my rent, my bills. But then as soon as we, we get funded, I will commit full time. My co-founder is going to commit full time as well, etc. So this conversation with investors, uh, don't be afraid, you know, to, to, to say the what, what's really happening. Um, just no need to lie. Um, and lastly, I will recommend, you know, to go with a co-founder, right? Going on that journey alone, okay. it's very difficult uh, um, you, you sort of want someone you know to you know have like different skills that you have first so you can diversify so you can have someone more marketing more tech uh, someone that has a financial background maybe to help with the funding side uh, and also you, you it's like a marriage you want to have someone you know you can you know talk to share your own feelings uh, as, as you grow if you decide to go on your own because you don't want to share it with a co-founder, then get a mentor mm -hmm. or non-executive director. Uh, as an example of a, a startup I'm, 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 I'm working with uh, right now, you know, uh, uh, along PopRest, she she's a, a single founder, but she got mentors, you know, in the early days. And that was like very important to her. Yeah. Incredible, incredible advice. I agree with all those points. Um, so, so crucial, especially the the mentorship and co-founder one. I think that that's a, a really big one, especially in the current times, you know, like it's not just, I think, yeah, it's not just, all right, there's a certain amount of things that you have to do and you can kind of manage by yourself at the beginning. It's just, there's an overwhelming amount of things to do now, especially with digital and tackling them all at once by yourself, I think is, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah that's that's a really tough uh tough one to do 
Okay, awesome. So thank you so much for, for, for being on the show, um, Johan. One last thing before we go, could you just uh, give a shout out to Pop and Rest and you know, let us know where we can find you online. Um, you know, are you guys on Facebook, you on Instagram, Twitter? Where is it? Well, uh, everywhere. Yeah. So you can find us on Insta, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, we're trying to be active. Uh, as Anna said before, it's, it's very important for us, you know, to communicate, you know, with uh, the audience. And, and even now in this time, during COVID, we really try, you know, to our people, you know, with uh, sleep and well-being advice. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and the, in terms of uh, location, we are in Old Street and Oldborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, location will change, you know, in the next couple of weeks. I cannot tell you now uh, because it's every, everything is like in sort of like a planning, you know, uh, phase. Sure. Uh, but well, yeah, we, we focus in London for the next uh, uh, 10, 12 months. Uh, if you go on popperers.com, you can find the location. It's easy to search, book, uh, come. Uh, you can book by the hour during the day. Uh, you can ask us, you know, if you want to stay for a night. Uh, um, and, and yeah, what you can expect, um, it's a safe, private and cool environment. It's perfect to chill, relax and sleep. So a massive thank you to Pop and Rest for speaking to us. You can find them online at wellbeing.popandrest.com. They do lots of awesome content on social, so make sure to follow them on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Pop and Rest. That's P-O-P-N-R-E-S-T. You're listening to the Digital Spaceship Podcast, a marketing journal by Blue Drop Studio, a digital marketing and creative content agency based in London, UK. We're on a mission to grow the tech brands of tomorrow with creative content and social media advertising. Check us out on LinkedIn and bluedropstudio.com or hit us up on social at HeyBlueDrop on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Your hosts are at Anna Rowinska and at Omar K. Juman. If you want to talk about digital marketing for your brand, drop us a line at hello at bluedropstudio.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.